listening to Lead Defend, the podcast designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of your young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build your faith as you engage in a changing culture. Here are your hosts, Seth Tucker and Ryan Scantling. Hey, welcome back to the Lead Defend podcast. This is Seth Tucker, and we have Ryan Scantling back with us this week. So Ryan, we're going to be talking about failure. What do I do when I mess up? So uh, I want you to kind of talk to us a little bit about what failure is, and and we'll dive in. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We, we live in a world where everybody wants to succeed. Like, we all want to accomplish greatness. And, and really, when we're talking about failure, there are two different types of failure. I mean, there are moral failures, like those times when we, we understand what God kind of expects of us, but we just miss the mark. And then there are those things where we just are not maybe gifted in certain areas. Like, athletically, I'm a failure. And that's okay, but but I think it's really important to, from the start, understand there are two different types of failure. There's moral failure, and then there's those regular just life failings that, you know, I was never going to be a medical doctor because I'm not smart enough in biology and all the ology stuff to, to do that. So you could say in that sense, I'm, I'm a failure related to those things. Oh, I think I get what you're saying because, like, when I was in ninth grade, I was in choir because uh, that's where all the girls are, right? Yep, like, yep. It was a smart move. But uh, after ninth grade, the, the choir teacher came to me and said, Seth, I think next year we need to help you pick a new elective. <laughs> uh, that, that's the kind of failure we're going to be trying to focus on. I, I, speaking of that, I, there were, in seventh grade, I, I joined band because the first chair band girl, mm. man, she was great. But I was last chair, and my band director said, Ryan, you probably shouldn't try out again. So, so that was failure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's failure, but you know, and failure really does shape us. But we can let it shape us positively or negatively. We really can. Yeah, yeah. Like I could have let that get me so down that that I never would have, you know, maybe even listened to music again. Now it took me two or three years, but like I have headphones. You know, I listen to music every now and then. So. Yeah, but the yeah. embarrassing thing about headphones is then when you start singing, <laughs> everybody just hears you and they don't hear oh, the music. That's it. Yeah, but but when we're talking about <laughs> failure, right? Like, and it, it and it shapes us. Um, how can it shape us positively? I think failure. Every time you fail, it provides an opportunity for growth. Um, so you and I, Seth, we're both preachers, and so yeah. I, I can remember early on, like when I felt God was calling me to ministry, I preached my first message. Somebody told me your first fifty sermons are going to be terrible, and that was discouraging to me at first. Because I thought, man, I've only preached four sermons this year. It's going to take me 20 years to preach 50 sermons. Well, when I realized that, and I, after a couple of years I'd preach 50 sermons, now looking back, I'm like, uh, they were right. My first 50 <laughs> were terrible. Yes. But, but I think knowing that, that you fall short in certain areas or, or that you're not so good in certain areas means that you have area for improvement. So you can always look at that as, as places to improve. Yeah, yeah. Or it can drive you in a new direction. Yeah. So like with with literally with you and band and me and choir, like that could have discouraged us so much that we would have just left everything behind. Hmm. But instead it drove us probably to new areas of, of expertise where we maybe Then excelled. I tried athletics and I failed at that. So so there, <laughs> there were multiple failures in a row that uh, that finally enabled me to find something that I was more passionate about. And that was sitting the bench. I guess. That's it. That's hey, it. I became the mascot my junior year of high school. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that was fun. We've never. We'll, we'll talk about that some other day. Um, yeah. So, so failure doesn't define us, but but it does shape us. Yeah. Like yeah. it, and it doesn't have to dictate our future. 
just because you failed in one aspect doesn't mean that everything has to change. That Yeah, it that, doesn't mean you're a failure. Just because yes. you have failed doesn't mean you are a failure. That's a good word. One failure in life doesn't define you as a failure forever. Yes. Uh, and, and I think sometimes in our society, we have this this overly filtered version of our lives to where nobody sees us fail. Like, it's all camouflage. On Instagram, I don't oh. put any of my, my my fumbles. You know, I don't put any of that stuff. And so when people only perceive us to be successful, quote-unquote, then sometimes we're scared of our failure. And we're scared to ever even risk something that would lead us to fail. No, that's, that's really good. I never thought of it that way because there are, like, so many ways in life that we only put our best foot forward that then when we have a public failure, it's demoralizing mm. because we've never allowed others to see that in us before. Yeah. So that, that's good, man. I, I like that. I work with college students, and, and it's interesting. Uh, it seems to me that 90% of college students come into school planning to be uh, planning pre-med. Like they're going to med school, all yeah. of these things. And then they take that first biology class, and they're like, mm-mm, mm-mm, I can't do it. Like I, I, I fail <laughs> in this subject. And I think they could spend the rest of their life saying, man, I was, I was going to be a doctor. But instead, the healthy response is, hey, that was something I pursued for a little while, but failure led me to explore other passions in my life. And so failure doesn't have to define us. It doesn't have to dictate our future at all. In fact, one of the scriptures that I really point people to whenever they walk through a season of failure is Micah chapter 7. In Micah chapter 7, verse 7, the whole nation is failing corporately, But Micah understands that that means he's also failing individually. And he says in the midst of his failure, but I will look to the Lord and I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. And so, Seth, I think people need to know that when they fail, God has not left them. He still has an ear for them. Like he hears their cries. He hears their burdens. And then in verse 8, because we know that when we fail, usually it's public and there's a spectacle made. And so people are like, dude, you could never do anything again. In verse 8, it says, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy, though I have fallen. This is Micah's resolve. Though I have fallen, I will stand up. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Because I have sinned against him, I must endure the Lord's rage until he champions my cause and establishes justice for me. He will bring me into the light, and I will see his salvation. Then my enemy will see, and she will be trampled like mud in the streets. The one who said to me, where is the Lord your God? My eyes will look at her in triumph. Hmm. And so I, I think that failure lifts up all of our enemies to say, hey, they could never do this. Like, they didn't make it. They, But instead of having that self-defeated mindset, I, I think we can continue looking to God and say, failure doesn't have to dictate my future. Yeah, it doesn't have to dictate our future. It doesn't define us. And, and I'd also say that sometimes those enemies that are lifting up their voices are coming from within. Oh, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and we're going to talk about like the word, like the word doubt mm. probably in the next few episodes. And, and man, that, we just can't allow self-talk to be negative just like we wouldn't want to hear someone else speak up negatively because of our failure. And, and so much of that comes because, you know, we, we allow... Uh, we allow these failures to to just focus on our self thought and self talk so often, and and what I've understood over the years is that how we talk in our minds and think in our minds 
leads to how we act. Yeah. And so, you know, people that like I played baseball and, and when a hitter has a bad game and they start telling themselves like, oh, no, man, I'm in a slump or I'm struggling or I'm a horrible batter. Like they tend to find themselves in a slump that lasts many games. Why? Because the way that we think and talk about ourselves within our own mind leads to action. And so if you think that you're a failure because you failed, it tends to lead towards more failure. Yeah, man, that, that's a good word. And isn't it interesting that there have been, in some people's lives, life circumstances that they, they failed, they messed up, they blew it, they made a mistake, or... Not because of something wrong, but because that just happened. Yeah, it just happened. And and then they forever see themselves as the person who failed. And it's almost as if it has shackled them to that mindset, that they could never do anything but fail. Mm-hmm. And that's why I so appreciate those words that Micah gives yeah. Though I have fallen, I will stand up. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. It's this resolve that, hey, I don't know how anybody else is going to deal with failure, but when I fall, I'm going to stand up. When, when I feel like I'm the only one in this lonely, dark, dank room, then the Lord's going to be my light. I, we, we can get through this fail, failure, this season of failure, perhaps. Yeah, and, and you know, when we talk about like seasons of failure, um, I think sometimes our problem is um, that that we are we are so caught up in the feeling of failure mm. that we have neglected to see the opportunity in failure. Yeah, um, that that failure really is an opportunity to to hone our craft or to to pick a new craft or a new skill that we're going to focus on. Um, think about inventors. Right, like mm-hmm. I, now I, I don't know about you, Ryan, but I grew up hearing from, and maybe it was in sermons, maybe it was from my parents. I don't know. I was young, but they always told me like Heinz fifty seven, like the steak yeah. sauce. Yeah, it was numbered fifty seven because they failed fifty six times at oh. creating it. See, I had no idea about that. Yeah, somebody told me that, and and it's the idea that if they would have allowed failure to to cause them to focus on Worcestershire sauce. You know, like we wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have Heinz 57. I know. Which is not half as good well, as, as other steak sauces. You know, but, and, and this uh, is yeah. unconfirmed, but some my favorite place to eat is Nukes. Yeah. I love Nukes. But it was the same people that started McAllister's, sold yeah. McAllister's, and they created Nukes. And, and their goal was, we're going to take everything that we think we may have got wrong at this business and improve it. Man, I love going in Nukes much more than McAllister's personally. Disagree. But, Oh, I think they got it right the okay. first time. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, 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 but I just think that mindset is interesting, that, that we can yeah. point out some failures, some mistakes that we think we made, yeah. and, and those are opportunities for growth in our life. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and it's all about, like I keep coming back to it, but it's about our mindset. Are we going to focus on our failure, or are we going to see an opportunity for growth? Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's exactly right. Failure can lead to growth. Uh, I think, and we, we need to come back and emphasize too. We're not talking about moral failure. Yes, right. We're not talking about like I sinned. I I I, I knew what was wrong and I did it anyway. Yeah, um, that's not what we're talking about or focusing on here. We're talking about uh, I discovered that I am not a good musician. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about these <laughs> these life instances where you had these expectations that or maybe placed on you or you placed on yourself and you just didn't meet them. You failed, you blew it, and you got to learn from it. Yeah. Because if not, you can absolutely let that drive everything about you. Yeah. Um, Now, what we've come to understand is that failure actually should point us to 
not only hopefully future success in a new area or to drive us deeper into focus and, and practice in the area that we failed in, but but ultimately failure should point us to Jesus. And so, so Ryan, yeah. maybe make that tie or that connection for us. I think every instance of our failure proves to us, or at least should lift our eyes to the hope that when there's grace that covers failure, that that our life and our worth is not based on what we contribute financially to the economy. It's not based on what we input into our family. Man, our value is found in Jesus, who regardless of our failings, regardless of how we've messed up, how we've blown it, regardless of those those things that we put our stock in, because let's be yeah. real. Yeah. Middle school Ryan put his stock in becoming a studly athlete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I mean, if that's what yeah. my stock was placed in, like 27-year-old Ryan is a failure. Yeah, and that's something that genetics has a huge factor in. Yeah. That, that sometimes you we say, just you didn't win the genetically lottery. I don't look athletic Man, right now? Uh, you look athletic, but you look too short to play D1. You know what <laughs> okay, I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that was you the nicest way you could have put that. I appreciate that. You could have been a skater. That. Let me just say that. You could yeah, have been a thank you. Yeah. Th- thanks. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to take up skating. I'm going to leave right now full of courage to take on skating. So I think, though, <laughs> every, every point of failure... It is a moment where we say, hey, listen, God's grace is sufficient for this. Like, it covers us even when we have failed ourselves, when we failed these expectations that other people have placed on me and that I've placed on myself. And, and God has a whole nother plan for your life. You know, like, so I tell, I tell my wife this because we've got four kids. I've probably said that before. And, and we've got these four little children, seven, four, three, and one. And when I look at my kids, I wish and pray that, that you know, maybe one day they would all have these phenomenal jobs and, and, and make good money so that they can never go hungry and, and these things, right? But let me tell you something. What I truly desire for their life has very little to do with being successful in those areas. Yeah. What I really want is I want my kids, whether, and this is no, like, downplaying any jobs, okay? I'm just talking, like... You know, most people want their kids to grow up to be a doctor or lawyer or something, right? But if my kids are Uber drivers or my kids are are handymen that just do a thing here and don't ever have a consistent job, I want my kids to, to love the Lord their God with all their heart, their soul, their mind, and their strength and to love others the way Christ loves them. Like that's the focus of their life. They are they are successful even if they don't go out and, and make you know, $75,000 a year. Well, you bring up an interesting point, and that's this. That's that really every failure is viewed in light of what we picture success to be. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we view ourselves as failures or failing in certain instances because we don't have a healthy view of success. So yeah. that's where the conversation should yeah. shift. What so, is a healthy view of success? So what is the world's picture of success? Yeah, I think it's lots of money, lots of stuff, um, and even sometimes lots of opportunities. I, yeah. I think sometimes we fail to recognize that the world sees fame is equal or greater to money right now. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, no, if you've right. got a lot of Instagram followers or you got a big social media platform, the, the term influencer yeah. has been coming up more and more oh. than ever before. My seven-year-old, want his, his dream job is to be a YouTube star. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, so... I think that follow that, Family Zoo TV on, <laughs> on YouTube. By the way, I think that we have 
in our culture kind of created this standard of success that is kind of ensnaring. Like it's a trap because it means that if we don't get there, we're a failure, which means that most of us are going to be failures if that has to be our standards of success. Totally. And and I think that when when we look at the Bible, there are men and women who who by the world's standards would have been defined as unsuccessful. Hmm. But the Lord calls them successful in every way. Yeah. And and one example of that that I, I really look to when I'm trying to because I'm I'm a pastor, you're mm-hmm. a pastor, and, and we when I look at the scriptures and I can really align with somebody, it's 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 the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is completely faithful to what God commanded him to do. He gave him a message or messages, and Isaiah completed those messages by by telling the the Israelites and those around, this is what the Lord has said, and nobody listened to him. He had no Instagram followers. No platform. He, he no. had he had nobody listening to his podcast, which is pretty close to ours. <laughs> and 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 yet, and yet, uh, and yet God considered Isaiah faithful. He accomplished what God had told him to do, and and so we don't have to be people um, that that have lots of money. We don't have to be people that that have lots of opportunity. We don't have to have a lot of followers. What we have to understand that success truly and deeply is is just faithfulness and obedience to our God. Mm. Um, and and I wanted to add this earlier, right? So we were talking about defining success in the world's eyes. I think sometimes the world defines success as happiness too. Yeah, wow, that's true. And and when I look at the Word of God, um, and I think about um, I think about what what God defines success as, uh, it's not even that we have to be happy. Um, we are to live as Christians our lives that are pleasing to God rather than pleasing to self. Hmm. And so if my uh, if my success looks more like holiness, then wow. then happiness isn't always necessary to be successful in God's eyes. Um, uh, you know, Psalm thirty-seven four says, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." So I'm not saying God wants us to be like uh, you know uh, miserable in our Christian life, mm-hmm. but what I am saying though is, if if we are defining success as happiness, and we are pursuing happiness, that means we might have immoral decisions that we make to find happiness. Yeah. And and what God is saying is success is faithfulness and obedience. And so if I'm going to be faithful and obedient if I don't if I don't delight myself in the Lord, then I need to be holy before I'm happy. But once I delight wow. myself in the Lord, then I will find joy and happiness in pleasing him. And, but and, and and let's be honest, choosing holiness over happiness yeah. is a decision and it's difficult. Yeah, uh, and I know this is way off the topic that we started on, but I just it, my mind went there as we were talking about success. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the when as we wrap up this episode, what what we really need to just I, what I what I want these listeners, and I, I know you want these listeners to to grasp is just this that that our faithfulness, obedience defines success, not the world. Yeah, and, and and I think when you view success in that light, that means every moment that you fail. You say, okay, I, I, I didn't do a good job on this report, or I didn't do a good job presenting this to my peers, or I, I didn't perform well in my responsibility that my boss has given me. That failure leads us to evaluate ourselves and say, okay, God, how could I be more faithful and more obedient to you 
in daily tasks and daily actions. I think every failure leads us to say, God, I long to be more obedient to you. And that even changes how we view our failure. It really does. Yeah, it does. And, I mean, that even leads me to think that, like, you know, um, people that want to be successful in the world, sometimes they make... Uh, they make decisions that are outside of God's will in order to be successful. Mm, yeah. uh, like, you know, you can make more money if you uh, go around, uh, you know, some of the laws about, you know, how to manage finances <laughs> yep, in a business, yep. right? And, and, and that's, that's if, if obedience is success, then, man, you can make less money and be more successful. All right, so I want to leave people with this word. There is a future after failure. Yes. Like failure doesn't have to define you. It doesn't have to stop you. There is a future after failure. Hey, thanks for listening today, and we can't wait for you to join us at the Lead Defend Conference coming up at the end of February. You can find more information about that at leaddefend.org. But until next time, this is Ryan and Seth. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. Until next time, check out our website at leaddefend.org for details on the next Lead Defend conference or shoot Seth and Ryan an email at leaddefend at absc.org. If you want to help us out, rate and review Lead Defend on your podcast app and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Now go lead. A podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention.